Iguodala, and here it comes. He got it! The Warriors have won on a game-winning shot by Andre Iguodala! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. A spit screen. Posey will defend. Martin Show. Oh! Flight nine is cleared for landing. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Gasol says, "Hey, pass a big ticket." T.C. Martin. Oh, here comes the Birdman, flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now. you may be tc martin ballpark frank in the house nunchuck on the other side of the glass making it all happen pressing some of the buttons right some of the time like i said some of the time all good no 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 don't touch that the big seven footer is going to join us today the big bill cartwright as we get ready for the nba playoffs starting next week the play-in tournament oh yeah some strong thoughts and feelings about that Talk a little NBA with the big seven-footer. Check Esposito is going to join us next hour out at Sunset Station. And we'll be actually broadcasting live from Sunset Station tomorrow. So come on out and see us then, there. Sam Gordon will join us as well today from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. We'll talk NFL schedule release, Raider schedule specifically, talk a little boxing, aces, and a whole lot more coming your way on the show today. And we start talking about last night's Vegas Golden Knights shutout. They won by a touchdown. Colorado Avalanche won by a touchdown. Combined score, 12-0. Kind of what we talked about yesterday. Right, but you're confusing people because most people think of a touchdown as 7, even though it is 6. So the touchdown without the extra point. Well, that would be a touchdown. Right, but, 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 but I'm saying, but most people don't equate it that way. You know, whenever somebody says yeah. you won by a touchdown, the average Joe thinks of seven points. I was just being accurate, you know. Yes, but Six you, points. Yes, but, but I'm saying, you, you uh, clarifying it for those that are going, wait a second, I thought it was six to nothing. Or, so, or so, nothing. so I've got to dumb it down is what you're saying. I'm just because saying the average sometimes Hamanager you do have to clarify. Seven. Yeah. And, and, and depending on the, you know. The team you cheer for could be eight these days. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, touchdown, a two-point conversion. Touchdown, and a extra point, a, a PAT, a kicked extra point. Because it would be a PAT on the kick because that is a point after touchdown. Point singular, right? Right, yes. Two-point conversion, actually points. Yeah. Plural. All right. Thanks for clarifying that for me. All right. So bottom line is, the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche, they each won by two field goals. How's that? (laughs) The bottom line is, they both played teams that did not show up to play. Thank you very much! I mean, it was was pretty much done deal. At one point, it just became like when you're watching, especially if you're uh, checking out all the people on social media and Twitter and different things, and, you know, it became like a contest of, okay, well, Who's uh, who, who's in the lead now? It's like they were trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, uh, each one. Oh, 
Oh, Colorado's up four nothing. Oh, Vegas now just got on the. Well, like you said, they both ended up winning six to nothing. So, uh, not exactly edge of your seat hockey viewing. And now, of course, tonight's the night to see who does get the President's Trophy. Best record in the National Hockey League, the President's Trophy. Even though Vegas, even if Colorado wins tonight, will have one more win Hmm. than Colorado. However, not one more regulation win. Yeah, good luck trying to explain that. A lot of people don't That's understand That's as far as I'm that. going. Yeah, there you go. I already explained the touchdown thing. That's enough for one day. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> yeah, it's just like we talked about yesterday. Just had this feeling that you're going to be fa- having two teams that were not interested. End of a long season. That's it. We're done. Forget about it. Especially San Jose. They didn't have to travel. They're at home. They slept in their own beds. It's like, we're done. We're checked out ready for vacations, and especially San Jose, because like we said, you played, I don't know what, a quarter of your season of your home games were in Arizona. They were on the road. They played a good amount of early on in the season. They were down in yeah, Arizona Yeah, it was just a mess. And then let's factor in this, too, where you're coming off the season that was started late last year. So you had this, you know, Long-gated season. Then you have a, a little bit of a condensed season this year with really no off-season. And if you're a bad hockey team, it's like, man, you, you're you probably mailed it in months ago. California is full of bad NHL hockey teams. Right, and all three of them are pretty hmm. much garbage. And that state is probably has the toughest protocols to deal with as well, too, with players, with fans. So you just. I mean, you saw it. I mean, you're right. The Ducks and the Kings and the Sharks. I mean, you're talking about bottom feeders, bottom of the barrel in the NHL. And we've talked about it time and time again in that West Division. I mean, those are like are like gimme wins. I mean, what was the what the Golden Knights' record against San Jose this year? Eight eight and zero, right? Uh, they might have been that. I I know that. Uh, I, <laughs> I think it was eight zero. Yeah, I know Colorado is right now six and one against LA, and if they right. win tonight, it'll be seven and one. So. You know, I guess the only question there is, you know, you know, do the Golden Knights still have a chance to win the President's Trophy because it's going to be the the battle of backup goaltenders? Maybe, but I certainly wouldn't. You know, if that's what you're counting on, you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, but I think if you're Colorado, I mean, you just faced this team last night and you saw how disinterested they were, and you saw the I would say lack of talent, but. I mean, lack of, of star power. You can say lack of talent. Yeah. They're, 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 they're young. Especially in goal, Yeah, too. I mean, they, they haven't developed. Yeah. You know, and Jonathan Quick's not what he used yeah. to be, and the other guys, they're not a very good hockey team. Like, like I said, all three teams in the state of California right now are not very good hockey teams. That's, that's just a reality. You know, both games were 6 nothing. We're talking about the Avalanche victory over the Kings last night and then the Golden Knights over the Sharks. But looking at those two games, they were a little bit different. I mean, Colorado just jumped on the Kings immediately. I mean, it was 3 nothing before a, a blink of an eye. And, you know, the Golden Knights, you know, they got their first goal about five minutes into it, and they got the second goal, you know, uh, a little more towards the end of the first period. You know, it was 2 nothing after one. Still never felt it was a game, but, but Colorado, they came out to put their – 
their foot in the throat of the Kings last night and just total domination. Both games ended up domination. And then as the Golden Knights-Sharks game continued to go on, you just see that, okay, now, now it's it's three, it's four, it's five. And then they add another one, you know, the couple minutes to go in the game. To and and Comfort had, a, had the, the game-winning goal yeah. against the Golden Knights, his first career hat trick last Correct. night. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's he, – I guess he picked a good time for it. Now do they finish the deal tonight? I mean, they're minus 450 favorites, for crying out loud. Right. You know, which you generally don't see when you have a backup, backup goaltender yeah. in there. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't bet against them tonight. Yeah, you can't. You know, last night they were minus 240. And, uh, and I was going to say that, um, you know, earlier today. I was going to say, okay, before I saw this line, I said, we could see maybe the first $5 hockey line. I can't remember the last time I saw a $4 hockey line. And I saw 420, and like you said, some places up to 440 and 450. That's that's ridiculous, but it is. It's the last game of the season. You're going against a team that is playing for, like you said, the best record in the NHL against a team that just can hardly wait for the season to get over. So, Golden Knights lead by two points. So again, a the Golden Knights season is over. If Colorado wins, technically they're tied, but nope. They will get the number one seed, and they will get the President's Trophy with a victory because, like you said, of more regulation wins. Yeah, and, and, and even if Colorado and, and, and by wins far, the, too, right? By I, far. I think it's like four games yeah. that, they, that they're up on them there. So, so, again, even if Colorado, even if they were to go to overtime or a shootout, as long as they get the win, Vegas just needs the Kings to find a way to win this game. If Colorado gets one point, if they lose an overtime or a shootout, Vegas will still win because they'll win it by that one point. Colorado must win the game in regulation or overtime or a shootout. Colorado wins. They have the President's Trophy. Vegas wins. Then they get the President's Trophy. And it does determine, well, you know, uh, one of them going to play Minnesota. One's going to play St. Louis. One will start on Sunday. One will start on Monday. So there is differences. And I also uh, just saw, too, uh, I, I noticed a couple people were uh, sending this out in that, that uh, it is $30,000 a player for winning the President's Trophy. So there is a little bit of a cash bonus. Sure. And yeah. I know a lot of people are going to go, well, Mark Stone makes $9 million a year. What's 30000 Not everybody on the team makes that. Right. Now, you know, they all make decent money. But if you're making $700,000 a year, 30000 is that's a nice little bonus. I'll, sure. I'll, I'll take that holiday bonus or yeah. whatever you want to call it to me. <laughs> That'd be infinity times more of my salary. <laughs> Mark andre Fleury, ninth straight win. In goal last night, sixty seventh, uh, I should say, career shutout for Flurry. Uh, he was phenomenal. Uh, just anoint him right now. Give him the award, best goalie in the NHL. That would be the Vesna Trophy. The Vesna Trophy. So done deal, right? Now, now they did win the done Jennings. Deal. They won the Jennings. As right. him and Leonard had the best. Uh, right. You know, and and I did notice too. It, it's funny because you know, uh, some of these fans are so adamant, and they're you know they're such VGK fans. You know, somebody posted, well, remember, Logan Thompson won a game this year, too. So it's not just those two that gave up the fewest amount of goals. And that is true. There was one game when wow. neither one of them played. But for the, they're, they're known as the best goaltending tandem. Right. You know, because I believe they gave up four fewer goals than the New York Islanders tandem mm-hmm. did this year. Remember all the talk about Flurry, is he too old, when Leonard signed, and then the offseason – you know, what's going to happen? Is he going to stay here or not? Well, Marc-Andre Fleury put together a phenomenal season, became the first goaltender in league history to claim his first individual NHL award in his 17th season or later. Kind of like the Aaron Rodgers story 
to a certain degree. It's like, oh, okay, you know, you guys want to shove me out of town? Okay, I'll be an MVP. I'll Except an for MVP that he doesn't season. cry, bitch, and moan and everything else. That, I didn't you say know. he's anything like him in that regard. You're right about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers in his 16th season, you know, but, uh, you know, has an MVP year. Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, yeah, first individual NHL award. 17th season or later. That's, that's quite an accomplishment. Arguably playing the best he's ever played. Right? I mean, he yeah. is playing absolutely sensational hockey. And just think of all that talk in the offseason when it seemed like Vegas was doing everything in their power to try to unload him in that salary. Exactly. Wow, would that have blown up in their face if that would have happened. All right. So the big question, we said we're going to wait until the regular season was over. Uh, who gets the game one start? Flurry Leonard, I don't know. Leonard how you Fleury. Don't, I don't know how Who you don't it? go with Marc Andre Fleury. You got to, I, I just right? don't. But if he's going to use the rotation, Leonard is next up in the rotation. Yes, he is. He would. He would start game number one. It'll be interesting. To you see know, and, what and I, I also did notice too that there's been some people taking shots at Flurry because Minnesota is one of the few teams that has a winning record against him throughout his history, and even here in Vegas. But yeah, okay, those are regular season games. They're not playoffs. Marc-Andre Fleury is one of, if not the best goaltender in the entire NHL this year. Robin Leonard's had a good season. Robin Leonard right now, in my opinion, is playing maybe the worst he's played all season. He's had a couple games where he has given up a couple goals in that. Again, the last game that they lost 2-1, to one, I mean, it, it, they didn't lose because of his goaltending. They didn't get anything past Grubauer. But Robin Leonard has played well, but... He's been a little bit sketchy here and there in some of the last few games he's had. Marc-Andre Fleury's been sensational all year long and might be playing his best right now. And like you just mentioned, just past, I believe, Patrick Waffer, you know, with, with that uh, another shutout. It's just, I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He, he's found the fountain of youth. Well, you know he's found? He, he found the, the focus part of it. Not that he hasn't been focused, but again, when you feel that you're being disrespected, and you're on your way out the door, and you feel that your head coach doesn't believe in you? Because literally, that's the case. Last year, Peter DeBoer made Leonard the guy. And then when it came playoff time, it's like, okay, what's going to happen here? And, and everyone was talking about, well, no, Flurry's going to get, you know, uh, if not an equal amount of starts, he's going to get plenty of starts. He got hardly any starts. So, of course, that's why that talk was there in the offseason. Because... Peter DeBoer said Leonard's their number one. He wouldn't come out and say it. It was like, oh, one and one A. No. Leonard was clearly number one. And and they signed Leonard to the long term contract right as after the that. goalie of the future for the Golden Knights. Right. In the offseason. So there's the message. So chip on the shoulder for Marc Andre Fleury. Get it. Uh call it whatever. Being ultra focused. But no, this this guy's trying to prove a point. This is exactly what he's doing. This is what the elite athletes do in every sport. When they feel that they're being disrespected, their back is against the wall. Okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta step up my game and step up my regiment. And again, how has he done it? Like he's always done it, with class, never shooting off his mouth, never anything derogatory towards the organization, his coach, teammates, whatever. Just strap him up, go in there and play. And like you said, ninth straight win, sixty-seven career shutout last. I mean, come on. So at this at this point, you just have to say I'm going with my best guy. 
I'm putting out my best line out there, putting my best lineup out there. That's what you do as a coach. No more games. No one's going to be upset. And if someone is upset, okay, you deal with it. The bottom line is Marc-Andre Fleury is your best guy to put in net. Put him there. And if, if you want to give Leonard a start, you know, down the road or whatever, fine. But Marc-Andre is your number one. Plain and simple, right? Well, to me it is, but I don't think you're going to hear Pete DeBoer say that. I think he's going to say we're going to need both guys. Uh, we're going to play the goaltender that gives us the best chance to win on a night-to-night basis. But what Fleury has done this year, is, like I said, is absolutely sensational. And the thing about it is I don't know if the average person out there realizes what an incredible athlete this guy is. Yeah, he might be 36 years old, but he works out constantly, you know, his cardio is supreme. He, you know, his stretching, his his physicality, you know, just what he does. He puts in the work. That's why he might be 36 years in age, but he's not really 36. And you think about it. He was a backup goaltender to Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. That's how he was available here. You think Pittsburgh isn't thinking maybe they kept the wrong guy in that draft? No doubt. By making Fleur the one that was available? Matt Murray's not even heard from anymore because Tristan Yari is the goalie there. And there was talk of him going to Pittsburgh. What if it would have been Fleury and Yari this year? They probably would have won the Jennings Award for the best goaltending tandem. I mean, the Penguins have also had a really good season out there. But Fleury is a great athlete. His physicality, when he makes those incredible saves, he makes them because of that working out and his limberness and his stretching and staying true to the game. And I do think he had a chip on his shoulder coming into the season. And again, I'm not making excuses for last season because I thought he played well last season. He went through a lot of stuff. He lost his father. There was the pandemic. He's got a wife and a couple little kids, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. His focus wasn't 100% there the entire season. This year he came in after the whole thing with his agent and the sword in the back of the boar and all that kind of stuff, or the sword in Fleury's back with the boar's name on it. He came in with a focus this year and kind of like, and I know some people are telling, I'm tired of hearing about season one. It was the golden misfit thing. He had the chip on his shoulder. I was just talking to Ken Bolke, who was in here from Sinbin with Brian Blessing right. before us, and I mentioned to him, look at – Remember that first draft that the Golden Knights had when everybody talked about, oh, look at these young players we got. They didn't really know who they were, but they heard they were great because they were told they were great. Who's the one guy from that draft that's actually contributed a lot to the team and has become one of the teammates on this team that that sticks on a nightly basis? It's Haig, the guy who was in the second round, the guy who had a chip on his shoulder because he said, I'm never going to forget that I wasn't drafted in the first round. Cody Glass can't find a place on the team. Nick Suzuki, now he's having success, but not with the Golden Knights. And Eric Brandstrom, when was the last time you heard about him doing anything? It was the guy with the chip on his shoulder because he wasn't drafted in the first round, early second, who's the one that's actually contributing. And then young guys like Keegan Colasar, who was on that team, but he was kind of almost like an afterthought. Well, he might make the roster someday. He's had a really good season and showing a lot of that stuff. So sometimes it is that thing. There is definitely a reality to having that chip, and if you can keep it your entire career, it can be really advantageous. You talked about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Everybody talks about it all the time, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's never going to let anybody forget where he was drafted. Right. And he's used it his entire career to become, I don't even know if it's arguable anymore, 
the greatest quarterback of all time. Right, right. No, people definitely use that as a chip on the shoulder. I mean, uh, a guy like uh, Alex Bregman uh, with, with the Astros, he wears number two for a reason. Because, again, he was, he was the second pick. And he was a little bummed out that he wasn't the, the first pick. And Michael Jordan it, always reminded it, people that he was the third pick. Exactly. There were two guys in front of me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and he goes, I will always, you know, I could very easily be number one. No, I, I want number two because when I put on my uniform every day, that drives me and, and, and motivates me. So, yeah, this is uh, the, the chip on the shoulder. And you go back to the, the, the Golden Misfits and, you know, that very first year. You got to remember all of those guys. In, in, I guess including Flurry as well, too. But they were all expendable, and none of those guys outside of Flurry were household names. Marsha So and all these other guys, and, and they just they all had that chip on their shoulder. Remember, people were talking about this team might not win 20 games, 25, and I think, I think the under-over or the total wins that season was something like was 29 or 30 or, or something I like that. I think it was less than that, maybe. Yeah, even. yeah. I, I know yeah. Some, 26, I remember, something. It was I remember, in the yeah, 20s. I think it was around 26. It was I remember the they had the pull in the RJ, right. and I think it was. I think Ed Graney had him at 31, and everybody was like, what a homer. Yeah, right. He was the most, he yeah. was the most optimistic of anybody out yeah. there. There were people, like you said, that were saying, this team ain't going to win 20 games. Where are they going to get any scoring from? And William Carlson, who had the 43-goal season. Right. People forget that he wasn't even on the top line until like seven or eight games in. Right. It was supposed to be Shipashev on that line. Mm-hmm. It was other people in that. They finally were like, nobody's working out. Oh, let's see what this kid can do. Mm-hmm. The fourth line player out of Columbus that couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Columbus might have screwed up. This guy's actually really <laughs> good. <Yeah. laughs> All right, Golden Knights, uh, they wait and watch tonight. And again, I don't expect. Colorado to lose to the Kings. I don't expect uh, the score to be, you know, any different than last night. Sure, it could be a little bit closer. Like I said, backup, uh, you know, uh, goaltender. So what? Uh, McKinnon's still playing. You know, everybody else still playing for Colorado. And again, you you saw how hungry they were last night. So, um, and again, it doesn't really matter. I know a lot of people say, "Well, if you play if the Golden Knights play the Blues versus the Wild." I mean, it, you, come on, you, you got to string you know four series wins together. There doesn't matter, and uh, you've proven you can beat both of these guys. Sure, I mean, you struggle a little bit with with Minnesota. So what? Get them out there. Stay focused. Uh, it shouldn't matter who you're playing, and don't get caught up in that. On uh, number two seed, it really doesn't matter at this well, point. Well, if if they lose. To either one of these teams, it's because they weren't ready to play yeah. because they are better than either one of them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, okay, they may have struggled with Minnesota on paper and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it before the last couple of games with Minnesota. Cam Talbot's not been playing great of late. He's had a, a phenomenal season. His numbers have really gone down. And what did Minnesota do last night? When they were still in a situation where they were mathematically a Vegas loss or something, they could have still got into second place and maybe had that home ice in the first round. They got shut out and lost to St. Louis. The other team. So I'm not really sure that Minnesota is the tougher team right now at this point. Although Vegas just beat St. Louis and the two of them too. Vegas and Colorado should absolutely be the two teams playing in the final for this division. And and I noticed something else last night too that I heard and I thought, wow, that, that is true. Vegas will be the only team in this division from the Pacific time zone. That's true. Because Minnesota-St. Louis... Right. Right. And, of course, Colorado in the mountain time zone. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, because you think of, yeah, that's right, all three California teams were horrible. Mm-hmm. Arizona didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, <laughs> maybe maybe some earlier games, which 
I'm good with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. What are they going to do on those doubleheader nights, though? I mean, someone's going to have to play those later games. Well, they they, they still have Edmonton up there, and yeah. you know they still have the the North Division and that sort yeah. of stuff. I, I mean, I'm, I imagine it would still be Vegas for for home games and yeah. that, but you know, yeah, or even Colorado on the mountain. Could they have might just a, say, could have a little bit later starts too. It could be like yeah. seven thirty starts. Yeah, so you know, you know at T Mobile. But but again, I, I I was like, I didn't even think of that till till they mentioned it in the last night's game, and I was like, yeah, yeah, in this division, that's right, because it's not. The normal division, not even close to. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a lot to touch on uh, today as well, too. We talked about the NFL schedule release from last night. Of course, ESPN did their little pomp and circumstance and made a big uh, production out of it. And of course, you know, Raider fans are pretty excited that we touched on yesterday. The home opener, actually, the regular season opener, will be Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. That will be uh, exciting. And, of course, uh, immediately, I had people reach out to me uh, last night, Aaron, talking about, hey, uh, you know, thinking about coming to town to, to you know, for that opener or come and see in the Chiefs. Uh, and you give me tickets? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. I got that. And so here's my response. And, and I had to think about this before I answer this. I go, well, let me tell you something. Um, I don't even know what the ticket policy or the ticket procedure is here. Because I've never spoken with anybody in the the ticket department. I don't know who the ticket uh, director is because they've never sold a ticket before to the general public. I go, they played eight home games last year. There were no fans that were allowed in the stands. I don't even know what the procedure is. Their owner didn't even use one. Exactly. And I pointed (laughs) that out as well, too, that he stayed home. And he'll be going to his first game in that stadium as the owner of the Raiders, we're talking about Mark Davis, of course, for the you know the first exhibition home game. But think about that. This franchise, in this city, I should say, has never had a home game as of yet, and they played a season. Now, we know there were 65,000 season ticket holders, okay? They uh, have their tickets. But as far as, like, going out to the general public, I don't think there is such a thing. So I said, you're just going to have to go to the secondary market and go to StubHub and, and some of these other places. So sure enough, what happened? Uh, the the guys who have season tickets, many of them started putting them online last night. If you want to go to the first game, the Ra- the Raiders' first home game at Allegiant Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens Monday night. on Monday night, how much do you think you're going to have to pay for that ticket? Well, I know I've seen social media, and I've heard some people saying, I'm going to sell my opening game tickets, and it'll pay for my season tickets. Right. So I'm assuming that people are charging quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, there there were tickets that were priced uh, about the average of $700 per ticket. Uh, here's one for $796. Um, if you would like to sit uh, basically right in the club level, that would be eight thousand dollars, my friend. Eight G's. <laughs> eight G's for one football game. Sixty minutes of football. Yeah, you know it's funny. That's too. Barring overtime, of it, course. it's funny too because I, I noticed one of the posts that I saw on social media. I think it was this morning. It might have been last night. And they were like, you know, I used to think Vegas Golden Knights tickets were expensive. I'm going to sell tickets to my, my my Raiders tickets for one games, and I'll get the playoff all the playoff games for the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, StubHub had Raiders Ravens seven hundred and forty seven dollars, uh, and uh, those seats would be in section four eleven. You know where four eleven is? 
That's uh, located in the upper sideline. So you're giving me the 411 on Section 411. Exactly. Regular price ticket in Section 411. The cost for season ticket holders. Want to take a guess? Season ticket holder, face value for that ticket, for the 411. Eight, for the eight games? Huh? For the eight games or per is game. it nine games? Per game. Oh, per game. Per game, yeah. Per game ticket. You mean the regular cost before they're the regular pumped co- up by StubHub and that? No, yeah. So say you're a season ticket holder, okay, uh, and you've got to, you know, of course, we're not talking about you got to pay your, you gotta, 210. You got to you 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 do your, your personal seat license, of course. Well, that advance. jacks everything uh, yeah. way up. So that's why I'm not counting that. So just say the regular price ticket, what it would say on your ticket, section 411, up there, uh, high sideline, $120. Okay. So that ticket is going for $747 on the secondary it's market supply right and now. demand, and there's only one opening game in the history of the team that people can go to see. Yeah, yeah. And it's a Monday nighter. Here we go. Uh, $824. Uh, if you want a semi-decent seat, that's what, what it starts from for Monday night, September 13th. Ravens Raiders. It's all supply and demand. Yeah. That's you true. know, and, and I'm sure that there are going to be people from Baltimore flying out here, and they're probably going to go up even more than that. So, you know, the, the first home game going to be a collector's item type of a ticket. you got to keep that, that you know, your ticket stub and all that stuff. But the tickets do drop a little bit after that. And, of course, depending on if the team is winning or not. But still, it's the honeymoon phase. Everyone wants to get in that stadium. So all seats for any game during the first season is going to be very, very expensive. But uh, here's one for you, Frank. Uh, cheapest ticket available for Week 5 versus the Chicago Bears? Take a guess. I I don't know. $543. Cheapest ticket. Well, it is the Bears. I mean, <laughs> right. it, it is a team that started the NFL. It is a team that without Papa Bear George Hallis, there wouldn't be an NFL right now. So they should be getting some respect. They should be getting some love. Mm-hmm. A lot of Bears fans out there. The fans are loyal. Yeah, the team unfortunately is frequently garbage. Upper sideline, section four thirty three, five hundred six dollars for four thirty three. There you go, exactly. Yeah, yikes. Hey, we could give you a, a bargain basement discount if you want to go see the Eagles. Okay, week seven, we can get you in for three fifty two. Three fifty two. Three fifty two. There you go. See Jalen Hurts. I think I'd rather see the the Eagles than I might want to see the Bears. Save a little money. Oh, and so if the Raiders get off to a decent start, and then when a team like Kansas City comes in or something like that, that's going to be through the roof. Exactly. Yeah. Literally, since there is a roof on there, it will be through the roof. Yeah. Now, we could probably get you in, you know, bargain basement if you want to go see the Washington football, whatever we're going to call them this year. I can even get you on the mezzanine, the mezzanine level. You're a little bit lower there, you know? Uh, $337. Well, there you go. Give me a four-pack. And if you want to keep it up to the upper corner in, in, in 419, 348. Yeah, not a cheap ticket. And maybe somebody knew what they were doing when they bought those tickets and you know, bought them as an investment. But again, but, but again, the PSLs and that do oh. change things around a lot because uh, those are expensive. You're spending 20, 30 grand for just the right just to the purchase right to tickets. Just to try to purchase the tickets, for it, sure. Yeah, totally I- insane. All right. Now, you, you, you know what my deal is, though? What's that? I go home and I turn on my TV and I got it on a big screen. How much is that? I have Coke in the fridge in that. You know, I mean, my cable bill's a little bit high, but it's, you know, that's for a month. <laughs> so tell you what, you want to go see the Raiders on the road? You don't mind maybe freezing? Well, this is the October 17th game. Raiders at the Broncos? 128 bucks. Well, there you go. There you go. But, you know, that's what, upper level? That's end zone? 
Yeah. So if you want a decent seat, probably two hundred. Now, how much does they get jacked up when Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it goes up. <laughs> Not happening though. Packers are saying, "What are you talking about? We never told the guy that we were going to trade him." And Brian Goodykoos was saying that earlier today. We never said that we were going to trade him. What's all this talk? We never told him that. That was his camp saying that. So this line continues to get divided further and further apart. Funny stuff. All right, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, is going to join us as we talk a little NBA play-in game. Seriously. Play-ins before the playoffs. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is Bill Cartwright of the University of San Francisco Dons. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. He does not know Westerns, but he does know his sports. I will be there to get him right as much as possible. <laughs> Tighten it up there, Nunchuck. Tighten it up. What are you playing that for? No, I didn't mean the song. Why are you playing that Cartwright Rejoiner? I don't know Westerns. He's going to get me right. I mean, I really don't know Westerns that well, except the greatest Western of all time is Blazing Saddles. But I don't know if Big Bill Cartwright knows this song. There you go. So he has me on Westerns, but I have him on old school music, no doubt about it. The five-time NBA champ knows a thing or two about basketball and soup of the day, but that's as far as it goes. Well, I remember happier days when I didn't know this song. (laughs) What a piece of garbage. I, uh, I, I'll agree, I kind of agree with you on that one, yeah. Big Bill, you know this song? No question. I, I can barely hear it. What is that? All right, pump it up. Here we go. 1975, Elk Grove High School Dance. When brother got moving, her hips were humming in the wind. <laughs> the ground started shaking, but no grass grew where she'd been. There you go. Tim Brando's favorite song, ladies and gentlemen. Name that tune, Bill. Now, now, is that a Jerry Reed song? No, it's not Jerry Reed. That's actually Jimmy Castor. If you remember the Jimmy Castor bunch, uh, Jimmy Castor, you know, a lot, probably too much funk for you uh, there in Elk Grove. But no, that's the Bertha Butt Boogie. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I don't believe that got much play. God, they were playing that uh, even, Shreveport, Louisiana. They're playing in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, in between Get Down Tonight, Casey and the Sunshine Band, and uh, Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Or Stairway, yeah, or Stairway to Heaven. Take your pick. Which one of those do you like better, Frank? Uh, I, I like Black Dog quite yeah. a bit. It's pretty good. You know, yeah. Stairway to Heaven's kind of been overplayed. And, and right. they were playing that in Shreveport because they thought they were saying Bubba Gump. They thought it was about the shrimp company. So. <laughs> There you go, Bill. There you go. Did you know any Bertha Butts in your time? Uh, I'll, I'll just say no. <laughs> and just leave it at that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that, that, that's your year, 1975. I figured you'd, you'd be all over that song. All right. See, that, this that was my year, but that was not a song. I know. What was your song in 1975? What, what would be your go-to? A song. Jeez. You know, you're, you're in 1875. You're like 70 years old. 
you barely knew where you were. Come on, man. You know what you were doing. You're going to the, the dances there. You're taking your girl out behind the bleachers over there. You're taking her in your car. Uh, you know, whatever, driving to USF, whatever. You got the you got the jams on. You got your song on. I mean, how how do we all remember songs we went to high school with? Remember that special moment, man. I mean, come on. I remember, you know, parking out there at whatever it was, uh, you know, uh, Mill Station Road, and you know, fi- finding the park there, you know, late at night, you know, after a Friday night or Saturday night or something like that. Come on, man. No, I'm sorry. I, I was in high school. And I was playing basketball. That's pretty much all I was doing. That's all you were doing. So I don't know what you guys were doing in Folsom, <laughs> but we were we were uh, just playing basketball. Oh man, what a boring life you led there. You know, there it is. Yeah. I guess you had you had to wait to turn up until the Knicks selected you, and then you start going to you know to Club uh, Studio Fifty Four. Now, that had to be a culture shock for you because if you're not going out and all you're doing in Elk Grove is playing basketball, how much of a shock was that New York City for you? Come on. My job, but I didn't graduate. I went from Elk Grove. I went to San Francisco. True, true. And then I took the ultimate jump to more buildings than I'd ever seen in my life and added to New York City. So, um it was, it was kind of a build-up, but it doesn't matter. Once you go to New York, it's like, wow, this is this, this big time. So, Give us the who's who. When you, first couple times or you went into uh, Studio 54, any of those clubs, uh, who'd you see? Uh, celebrities? Famous artists? Who'd you see? Okay, let me help you. No, no Studio 54. However, I did go to some plays. I had an opportunity to meet uh, Peter Falk, Columbo. Um, I did go to a play called Fences and saw James Earl Jones and yeah. met him backstage. Nice. Uh, so I was going to, not Studio 54, but I was going to see some plays. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, sorry. Sorry, you know, you missed that, uh, uh, that era of, you know, wearing uh, day pants and uh, yeah, the, the bell bottoms, angel flights. Oh, well, your teammates, your teammates were going there, but you were going to Broadway instead. But your teammates were going to Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, that was a little more entertaining for me, and, uh, and a lot more fun to be able to do that. Maybe go to some restaurants and uh, uh, take that in. So that's that's more me. If the disco, no. Sorry, that, that, that's because Bill had class and his teammates were looking for something else. There you go. Without the CL. Is that right? All right, so here we go. Uh, Frank has got your Billboard Hot 100 from 1975, and, and we you're going to have to sing a, a bar or two of, uh, of, of each, each one of these songs, okay? Hopefully you, 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 hopefully you know these songs. Yeah, I don't think – we're not going to make you do that. But remember, it was a very eclectic era, so this is the Billboard Top 100. I'm just going to go over – the number one song from 1975, Captain and Sneel Love Will Keep Us Together, not my favorite. How about that one, Bill? You, you remember that one, don't you? Uh, yes. You know, the 70s, you know, I mean, we, we, we went from the 60s rock and roll, hard stuff, which was awesome. Yeah. To Levy Dovey, uh, Captain Antonio, Elton John, that kind of stuff. Elton John was third with Philadelphia Freedom. A great song. Yeah. Glenn Campbell yeah. second, Rhinestone Cowboy. How about the Rhinestone Cowboy? That's all you. 
You gotta love that. Number four was before the next teardrop falls, Freddie Fender. Oh, jeez, Freddie <laughs> Fender. My Eyes Adored You, Frankie Valley, number five. Some Kind of Wonderful by Grand Funk. Shining Star by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Now, there's one that TC will like. And, 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 and I love the uh, uh, the Grand Funk as well, too. Some yeah. Kind of Wonderful is a great Fame song. by David Bowie. Laughter in the Rain, Neil Sedaka. Again, not one of my favorites. <laughs> right. One of these nights, thank God I'm a country boy, John Denver. Jive Talk in the Bee Gees. Jive Talk. Best of my love. Loving you. And then number 15, and we'll end it there. Another one that I think TC probably liked. Kung Fu Fighting. Carl Douglas, everybody was kung fu fighting. Yeah, best of my love too. The emotions, you gotta love that. That's seventy-five, pretty good. A lot of candy up there towards the top. Yeah, that's crazy. And we're not talking cameo candy. All right, there you go, Bill. There's your song, buddy. By the way, this yeah, best of my I, love I, was the I, Eagles' best of my I, love. I, I that do one, really yes. like this song. I like it. <laughs> uh, but but the seventies music, uh, no. It was, it was pretty weak. <laughs> I would agree with that. There you go. All right, man. So let's uh, let's talk about this NBA season so far. All right. I know you've been watching a lot of it. When you think about the regular season, uh, how would you categorize it? You know, what, what do you what have you been watching? You, you like what you're watching? Don't like what you're watching? Let's categorize this 2021 season here. Well, I think this this season is kind of just an extension of, of last year where everything was kind of shut down, and now we're kind of open up a little bit. Um, I think that what makes it a little tough because of, for one thing, lack of fans in the stands, I think that makes it really hard, and also lack of players playing every night. And it's and it's it's a real change to where guys could shut themselves down from five, ten, fifteen, twenty games, and then uh, you just get to lose interest because the instability of of that team. Um, and and you do like teams like Utah. And, and teams like Phoenix that are staying at the top, basically because they've been healthy all year. They have to appreciate Philly, who's pretty young, and Brooklyn, who's new. If those teams could stay right where they are, uh, because they've been, for the most part, pretty stable, even though they maybe have a guy or two out at a time. But they haven't shut guys down. Um could it hurt them uh, during the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I think that you have to have to be playing your best basketball going into the playoffs. You can't just turn it off and on. You have to have a solid rotation. If you got to get great performances. So, uh, you know, the season's about over. So we'll see who's playing well. Uh, this format, this this dead team format, uh, I don't like it. Of course I don't. I like the old format. I thought it was fine. Stop changing stuff. There's no reason to. Uh, but it is what it is. And it's just going to come down to who's playing the best basketball. You know, for me, you hit the nail on the head with one of the things that I've just kind of shake my head at with this season. One is the injuries, like you talked about. 
and it's just not even injuries because we don't know the severity of a lot of these guys with the injuries. But, you know, when your stars aren't playing and you really don't know if they're going to play or not, I mean, that hurts the league. And then the other thing is, is the blowouts. I can't recall seeing the 30 and 40 and, yes, even 50-point blowouts that we have seen these non-competitive games. It's terrible. It really Have you seen anything like this? Can you remember seeing this many injuries and blowouts in a single season? No, I've never seen this many blowouts, and it's really amazing. Um, to where, you know, when teams used to play back-to-back, they would – Guys would still play. Uh, maybe these starters were playing, then the second group come in, and they would play maybe a little more of that game. But you had the you had the entire team playing. Now I don't I I, I don't get it. Uh, we know it's trendy. Uh, guys get tired, uh, but they've always gotten tired. So, so, so the new norm is save yourself, uh, really for the end of the year. So it's it's just a new era of basketball. It's just something that I don't think it's great. Uh, it can't be great for the fans, where you, where you have guys uh, you want to see your best players, and you want to see you want to see other players. But you consistently want to see really good basketball from that team's best players able to make plays and have your team be consistent and win basketball games. We just have not seen that. Nobody wants to watch a game. Everybody's going to turn it off. It's third quarter, you're down by 30 points. Who in the world is going to watch that game? So... Um, I don't know. Hopefully, this next year they'll get back to a normal season. Well, all of that silliness will stop. But uh, the only thing we can really attribute it to is uh, the virus and what's going on there. Uh, once they get their fans back, get everybody back, everybody understands, everybody excited, everybody excited to play. Everybody a full season of rest. Hopefully we'll get back to normal, to whatever that's going to be. You know, Bill, when you're talking about the playoffs coming up this year, it seems like every year going into playoffs, people in general and in the media certainly always say, well, this is the team to beat or these are the couple teams that could win it all. Do you have that sense that this year there is that team or that, that small group or something? Or because there hasn't been that consistency and we've seen so many injuries and rosters change on almost a night-to-night basis or week-to-week for sure, is it hard to figure out like what to expect from the teams going into the playoffs this year because of that lack of any kind of symmetry or just really knowing what's been going on in the regular season? This year, people should be really excited because, yeah, nobody knows who's going to win. <laughs> And you've got more teams in, so now you have a possibility of some big upsets coming. So, uh, you know, you can get a team, and D.C. could be happy. Golden State could get really excited right now. They've got uh, they've got a terrific score. They've got a bunch of young players. They can get excited. They can hurt somebody in a playoff series. So, um, you know, this this is going to be this is going to be interesting, amazing that uh, this has never happened. 
so I'm assuming we're going to see something kind of funky go on, something we've never seen before. Uh, so, you know, it, it could be really, really interesting. You know, it, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it is so funky that I don't want to say that I've lost interest here, but really the only team that I am really excited to see is the Golden State Warriors. And because of Steph Curry. I really don't care for their roster. They have a lot of young guys, but they have overachieved. They're playing well. And anytime you can watch Steph Curry, that is must-see TV. You got to do it. And just think, I'm, you know, if Clay Thompson was there. But, yeah, it, it's just this, this season is weird, Bill. It's lack of fans. It's the injuries. It's the blowouts. And for me, it is, I probably watched the least amount of – NBA basketball during the regular season I, I've watched in some time. And I will say, and I never could really say this before, I am more interested in the the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs than I am probably the NBA playoffs. And the moment that the Warriors get eliminated, I mean, of course I'm going to watch it and everything, but I just don't have that, that interest. And I think a lot of it has to do because of the carryover from last year because that was so discombobulated. And again, fans not really being allowed back in the building, at least in big numbers, yeah, it it it's done a number on me. Well, you know, it's 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 just going to be different. That's all. And you know, I don't like different. I don't like changes with right. things that are already good. Um, but I think you have to go with it. And like I said, hopefully we'll see something special. And and you never know. Maybe a team like Dallas, who plays similar to Golden State, maybe they'll do extraordinarily well. Uh, maybe Phoenix, you know, they've got uh, they've got a great scoring tandem. Maybe they'll do something special. Uh, we don't know, and and I think that that's maybe what we should hang our hat on. And the fact that we don't know is is there's there's no big two teams right now that are dominant. You know, one of the uh, other things. Should, going... Well, well, let me ask something. Should we be happy with that? Should we be happier now that we've been in the past when I've heard complaining here about these super teams, these dominant teams, and now do we have that now? No. You why, just, why, you, why are we happy now? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody's happy, but, but you're right. And then when you spread out the power a little bit now, you got Durant going over to the east and, you know, with Kyrie Irving and that team, I don't think a lot of people are crazy about that. But you can even say that they've underachieved a, a little bit. But, you know, LeBron, the Lakers, a little bit of a letdown. They won it last year. And, again, you hardly can see LeBron on the court very much because of the injuries. So I, I don't know. Is, is this uh, – is it kind of watered down play? Maybe I feel it's a little watered down. I don't know what it is. Well, you also used to have a situation too, where everybody said, "Well, all the powers in the West, or you know, the majority powers in the East years ago, or whatever." Is there really that this year? Is there that separation? Is one conference that much stronger than the other because we've seen so much inconsistency and, not, and, no. and teams that you know maybe some are a little bit better than people expected, like a Phoenix and that, and other ones like you said that people thought, oh well, this is going to be a juggernaut, and they haven't quite lived up to it. But now it's playoff time, and maybe they turn it around and they will. So I, I think there's maybe more question marks going into the playoffs <laughs> this year from a general standard. And as far as having that dominant team. People always say that they don't like that if it's not their team. But then when it's not, there are a lot of people also complain that 
Well, I don't know what to make of it this year. So, yeah, people should yeah. be happier, but people like to complain. But that's true. And look where we, we've been at in the NBA. We've had that dominant team for the better part of the last decade where we've seen that and we're used to it. Now, all of a sudden, it's been flipped. I mean, think about it. The Utah Jazz, number one seed. I mean, they play great basketball. They're, they're entertaining to watch. But you're right. It, it's Utah. You know, so a lot of I people on the street might not even know that they're the number one seed. That is true, and, and you mentioned Phoenix, Bill. Same type of thing as well, too. And people exactly. probably and they think, well, Brooklyn, because Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, yeah, they're the best team out in the East. That's not true. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so you're right. You're right, Bill. We should be kind of embracing this. Like, hey, this is kind of a good thing. And maybe once the playoffs get going and more fans are allowed in these buildings, that we're going to get that playoff atmosphere. But we just haven't seen it because it's been more of, like you said in the beginning of this, it's more of what we saw last season. It's the carryover, and that was that was dreadful for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And look, what really the New York Knicks? New York Knicks fourth seed right now. Yeah, think about that. I mean, I mean come on. crazy. That's, yeah, like I said, we should be thrilled right now because because we don't know what's going to happen. There, you know, there there may be I don't know four or five teams that can win it right now. We don't know. The, the, the only thing we know is that we don't know, which should be great. So that's it's it's going to be really interesting. There's, you know, there's going to be a lot of people complaining about the format now that we've added. Uh, now there's ten teams, so uh, we'll get some backlash from that because, uh, of course, that can't happen. Uh, which makes to me that makes it even better. So I'll leave you with this New York Knicks reference since you brought up the Knicks here. As you know, the WNBA starts this weekend. The Aces uh, play in Seattle, and they've got the ABC game, the national televised game, uh, Aces and Storm, on Saturday at, at noon, Bill. And I heard Bill Lambeer uh, say today, it was over practice, and he says, hey, uh, I'm going to uh, I gotta, I'm gonna have to get dressed up uh, you know, because we're on national television with ABC. He goes, I'm going to probably dress like Clyde Frazier. Can you picture that? Can you picture Bill Lambeer dressing up as Walt Clyde Frazier? Nobody. Okay, let's say it this way. Nobody could dress like Clyde Frazier. <laughs> Nobody can. There you so go. Just, just, just leave alone. And remember, Clyde, when he left New York, uh, he went to Cleveland. Unfortunately, got traded to Cleveland for Jim Clemens. And, you know, he, he was wearing the same outfit out of Rolls. It was wearing a, uh, a fur coat. Which did not go well in Cleveland. So nobody dresses like Clyde. You got that right. Not even the big seven footer. Even though I know you look good in your angel flights. But there you go. It's going to be a big fur yeah. coat, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's fur lucky they're opening in Seattle, in Seattle and not here. It'd be really hot for a fur coat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my man. Have a good weekend, man. Enjoy. Eat some good food, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Today I'm going to Froggies right now. Oh, about you. he's in Chicago. We didn't even know that. He's going to Froggies. He's going to Froggies. He's going to get the French onion soup. Wee wee. (laughs) Take a picture and send it. You got to send it to me so I can show Nunchuck and Frank. They're dying for that French onion soup. All right. I got it done. All right, buddy. Take care. No wonder he's in a good mood. He's in Chicago. Exactly. Yeah. Shy town is my town. Yeah. He spends a lot of of time back there, you know. Why not? I'd like to. I I need to go back there and visit again soon. I know, right? All right, I I, I picked out a Packer game on the schedule. We'll, We'll talk about that next hour.
Picked out a Packer game. We'll, we'll go do the show from there. Maybe make a run through Chicago. How's that? <laughs> Sam Gordon's going to join us. Chuck Esposito next hour. Don't you dare go anywhere. TC Martin show on this Thursday. Solomon Kidley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham spike for the touchdown. It's the TC Martin Show. 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 Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. Hour number two on this Thursday. Glad to have you here. Ballpark Frank with me. T.C. Martin. I'm Chuck here. Oh, yes. Thank Bill Cartwright for joining us last hour. Uh, this hour, talking some NFL football and more. Gold night season. Remember, it is done in the books, at least the regular season. They're sitting there at the top, what, 82 points right now? Just sitting here waiting? Most points in the NHL right now. Waiting. Waiting for the game between the Colorado Avalanche and the LA Kings. 6 nothing last night. Golden Knights win. 6 nothing Avalanche defeat the Kings last night. Expect more of the same. Yes, and we'll talk about what that game is on the betting board tonight as well. Too. Now, are the local establishments going to have that Colorado-LA game on with sound like they do for the VGK game? And will the Vegas Golden Knights fans, who will be cheering on the Kings, be wearing their king's sweaters. I'm guessing not that. <laughs> oh, Let's ask those questions to our man who has those answers. <laughs> hanging out or doing his thing. I shouldn't say hanging out. This man is working hard. One of the hardest working men in the business. He's probably got his Blackhawk sweater on. He probably does. But there, there's, there's no postseason for him or I mean, you. That's what I was wearing the other day. Yeah, you were. We, we got three cups. I'm, I'm so content with that. I'd, I'd like to make the playoffs again, but... They kind of did last year. Eh, kind of. You <laughs> diehards. Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station. What is going on, my man? I'm good, boys. I'm good. Ballpark, all I can tell you is flags fly forever. So <laughs> I, I will I will take the three uh, the cup championships, but I think they're primed for another uh, run. I think they're young, and they got some really good experience this year, but uh, hopefully the captain will be back as well. Listen, Chuck, the only flag that you're going to be flying right now, it should be flying right now, is that W – that white with the blue pinstripes hanging on the left field foul pole down at Wrigley Field. Well, they're off today, so it's no big deal for them. But That's true. Absolutely, boys. Absolutely. There you go. All right, man. Uh, we will be doing the show tomorrow at Sunset Station, your abode there. So uh, glad to be out there tomorrow, uh, Chuck. And on hey, Friday. We're, yep. we're glad to have you guys come out, too. It's always uh, great uh, to have you guys come out and do some shows from our uh, – SDN Sports Mobile Studio here adjacent to uh, to Club Madrid, and uh, we'll have some fun. Looking forward to it, guys. There you go. Our, our Friday home here for the next few months, so look forward uh, to that there at Sunset Station. I invite you come on out and uh, check it out. And, of course, uh, everything pretty much back to normal there at Sunset St- Station. Uh, the great uh, sports book there, and, of course, all the wagering options. Got the kiosks open now there in the sports book as well, too. And, of, of course, the fantastic food options there, too. Just need to get all those concerts back and that. The outdoor yeah. concerts at Sunset Station, some really good acts out there. Yeah. Any news about that, Chuck? Uh, maybe yeah, later we, uh, we, we definitely are working on it. They're 
uh, there are going to be some concerts this summer. Uh, we've got a few country concerts coming up starting, I think it's in June, July, and August. So we'll be making those uh, announcements and making it out there to the public as well. I know you guys touched on the kiosk. One of the cool things in the kiosk now, uh, taking STN mobile deposits. Uh, so another reason to skip the line, guests can, uh, for their sports account, can go ahead and deposit funds uh, in the kiosk as well, as, as well as a number of other options we have uh, for funding through the app itself. So, wait, Chuck, you're saying, as Bob said in Bob at Bob's Country Bunker, we have both kinds of music, country and Western? We have whatever you whatever you want to call it, T.C., we got it. It, it. It's also an interesting era we live in. Love the Blues when, Brothers. When to bet the line, you can now skip the line. That's true. That's right. I, I love it. I love it, boys. <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh, talk about this uh, hockey last night. I know uh, there was a lot of chalk galore last night. With the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche uh, both winning last night. No problem, Chuck Esposito. Even money for the Golden Knights on the puck line last night. Had to lay a dollar forty for Colorado on the puck line. Did you have some people take advantage of that last night? Six nothing, six nothing. <laughs> we we did, guys. We did. I mean, I, I think you can tell the teams that are, you know, really really playing for something and the teams that aren't this year, of course, the structure was so much different. With you know just playing your divisional foes, eight games against each opponent, the chippiness, the the familiarity was all there. I heard you guys touch on it. Golden Knights with 40 wins can finish the season with the most wins, yet still finish second in the West and and not win the President's Trophy. It's tough because um, you know finishing second means they have to play the Wild. They were only uh, three and five against the Wild this year, guys, and two of those wins were in overtime. They were six and two against the Blues. Plus, it means if you play the next series and if everything were to play out the way we think that it might, Game 1 and Game 7, if it went that far, against Colorado would be on the road for VGK. So, Chuck, we have a huge line on this Colorado Kings game tonight. <laughs> and what, what, what do you got there? I mean, it's $4 plus, right? What is the current line on this game? It, it, it's actually higher than that, boys. I'm not sure I can remember seeing a, a, a hockey line quite this high. You know, consensus is... Uh, encroaching, uh, you know, minus 500 industry-wide. I, I just don't think I've, I've seen that before. But I've seen the Kings are already calling some emergency players up for tonight. Um, so, hey, they put a touchdown on the board last night. They know if they win what it means. It, it's kind of an unfortunate thing, though. I mean, you, you talk about the Lanch and, and, and VGK being the, the two teams that were kind of favored to win the Cup, both coming out of the West, both in the same division. And it really comes down to the very last day, and only one of these teams can move on uh, once they get out of the West. I mean, it's the way it's structured. It's one team from every division, um, and uh, we'll see if they end up facing each other in the next series. But I, I do think the Avalanche against the Blues, they would have a, uh, a huge advantage over VGK having to play Minnesota just because of the struggles we've had uh, with the Wild, and um, that's going to be a difficult series, no question, if, uh, if Colorado wins tonight. Uh, but for my money, boys, there's not a better goaltending tandem in the league right now than, than Fleury and Leonard, and I think that could be the deciding factor in a seven-game series against anybody. You know, real quick, Chuck, back to that line. I can't recall seeing a, a $4, $5 hockey line. I mean, what is this, a Canelo fight? It, Especially it, with a backup goaltender, because right. Drew were not expected to start tonight. Yeah, yeah, so that is crazy. <laughs> it, it, is there a point, Chuck, where you gave it a little bit of consideration about taking the game off the board? Because, I mean, you know, when you have a line like that, does it draw any action? 
It, it does. Now, there was no thought process to take the game off the board. I mean, this is a game that means everything to Colorado, that gives them an opportunity uh, to win the West, to win the President's Trophy, that a loss here and, and they fall to second in the West and everything kind of changes. No thought whatsoever, guys. It happens in other sports where, right. you know, toward the end of the year you'll see games that are, that are meaningful for one team and meaningless for the other. Um, but, hey, it's just part of it. It's on the board. There's a reason there's a price that big. We're still always trying to put up the best price that we think will, will generate some good two-way action and maybe entice some guests to want to take the Kings uh, because the price is so good. But uh, as we touched on, touchdown last night for the Avalanche. Yeah. Well, and, of course, we know the matchups in the playoffs outside of the West here where we're still trying to figure out who's going to be in first and who's in second. So, But we know what those matchups are going to be and when the games are basically going to be starting. But what do those lines look like on those series? What would – like, like I'm sure Vegas would be a bigger favorite over St. Louis than they would be against Minnesota. Colorado may be about the same against both, or are they still a bigger favorite over the four seed than the three? I think they're still a bigger favorite over the four seed. I mean, I think you guys look at the way that, um, you know, Minnesota has kind of played this year and um, how good they've been um, that uh, I think you would have to make them a bigger favorite over the Blues than you, than you would. I mean, the Blues were considerably behind the Wild and up until the last few weeks of the season, really, you know, weren't there wasn't that much separation between them and the Coyotes. Um, but, hey, uh, whatever team has to face the Wild, they are a very good team, especially at home, guys. All right, Jonas Johansson is your goalie tonight, huh? Is that the deal, you Yeah, okay. I believe so. Minus, minus 500, okay. Biggest favorite he's probably <laughs> ever been since right. maybe like, uh, right. you know, the... I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that is the case. <laughs> All right, Chuck, uh, NFL schedule release last night. I know you had your eyes on the Bears here, but let's uh, talk a little, little Raiders here. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, we got the Monday night football opener at Allegiant Stadium, that's going to be crazy. The Ravens coming to town September the 13th for the 5.15 p.m. kickoff. Uh, we talked a little bit last hour about the ticket prices through the roof for the you know first official regular season game at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, that is going to be crazy. But uh, thoughts about the Raiders' uh, schedule? Well, you know, guys, they were so good on the road last year and had some struggles at home. And really the, the tail end of their schedule the last couple of years has been so much more difficult for them. And I think when you look at it this year and you look from kind of that road game on Thanksgiving, the middle game, um, at Dallas, they do play at home to Washington, then they play at Kansas City, at Cleveland, and they finish with Denver at home, at Indy, and the Chargers at home. So two of the last three games are at home. But, man, that is a tough stretch from Thanksgiving on. I think they have to learn to win at home. They have to play better down the stretch. And those are really going to be the two key components, I think, uh, for the Raiders this year. Um, overall, you know, I like they've got some primetime games. Love that they open up against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. That should be great on Monday Night Football uh, to actually have fans in the stadium to open up the season. All right. Uh, Raiders have a little bit of a tough schedule, especially down the stretch after their bye week. And we'll go you know, through all of those games here you know, coming up this hour. But uh, it does look a little tough sledding for them, and we know that the Raiders have had a hard time closing out the season the last couple seasons under the Gruden era. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. They, they have and really tailed off. I mean, if you look last year, guys, they were so good um, on the road and in the division. They were 4-2 and two in their division. They had a winning record on the road, and that usually translates into a team making the postseason. 
but not only did they not make the postseason, they they had to win the last game of the season in Denver just to finish at eight and eight. Win total was seven and a half, so anybody who had bet over was probably thrilled early in the season, thinking they were definitely going to get uh, to that mark. So they really have tailed off a lot. I like their offense. I love Darren Waller. You've got to get young receivers to really step up, and Ruggs and Edwards. We've got good running backs, um, of course, with Jacobs, and you signed Drake. Carr had a really solid season last year. They drafted some offensive line, a lot of picks on D. They really need that defense to step up. You play in the same division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and not sure there might be a certain number 12 that's playing in that division as well. So it, I think defense is key. I think they're going to score some points and be competitive on the offensive side of the ball with anybody in the league. But I think they need to get much better play out of that defense and really finish strong down the stretch. I know you've had win totals up for a while, but when the schedule actually comes out and you see how the schedule lines up and what games they're going to play, there might be a tough stretch for a team here, maybe a little bit of a lack of one here or there, some home games or something. Does it ever change any of the totals or anything like that when you go and you go, well, you know what, this stretch here looks a little bit tougher, so maybe we're going to alternate by a half a game or something, or are the totals just what they are and the schedule doesn't really play into it? Yeah, they're pretty much what they are. I mean, because the schedule isn't just based on, you know, uh, irregularities or quirks. I mean, all teams kind of have that where there could be, you know, back-to-back road games or, or a stretch of home games or, or a, a bye week sandwich between uh, divisional opponents or a key primetime game sandwiched around divisional opponents. We know that that's part of it. We're still trying to put the win totals up based on what we think is, is you know, kind of a right around where, where we think they'll be projected based on going through their, their home and away schedule prior to the schedule show. Um, so really not, not very much change with that, guys. All right, Chuck Esposito joins us at Sunset Station, Station Casinos around town, talking about the NFL schedule release last night. All right, Chuck, uh, you and Ballpark, of course, Bears fans here. Have you gone through the Bears schedule yet? Have you done the old win-loss game and, and figured out uh, what their record's going to be after 17 weeks yet? Of course I did it the minute it came out. It. All right, let's, let's, let's hear it. What do you got? I'm going to say the Bears are going to go 10-7, and seven, and they're going to be one of the wild-card teams in the NFC. Whoa, breaking news. We heard it from Chuck Esposito calling you, Bears in the playoffs. You asked me. That's you a, asked me, and I told you. All right, so, so Ballpark is saying, you know, hey, he'd like to get back to Chicago. Tell him we'd go to Bill Cartwright's restaurant. We'd go to Froggy's. So let, let's pick a game here, and let's, uh, let's go, Chuck. The three of us will go. Uh, we'll go to Soldier Field, see a game. Uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, see some of those rats that are going in and out of Soldier Field there. Uh, here we go, guys. Well, let's go on October 17th. How about that, ballpark? You want to go? October 17th, the Bears hosting the Packers. That'd be a good one for you to go to? I would go to that game, sure. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Where do you think, Chuck? It's, it's think, a road trip. I think a game that's really interesting, guys, is the San Francisco 49ers at the Bears on Halloween, and it's Trey Lance potentially against Justin Fields. That's going to be kind of a fun game. Go I think. Bears! Mm, I see that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and Halloween always a great time in the Chicagoland area as well, so that would be a lot of fun probably. And it will, it'll be a 12 noon start there in Chicago, by the way, just so you know. Yeah, so it won't, it won't tough be. to get back for a Sunday afternoon game, but, you know, kind of excited that they are going to be out here and they're playing the Raiders game week five right. um, at Allegiant Stadium, which is kind of cool as well. You get Khalil Mack 
playing back against the Raiders again. But I think the schedule makers did a great job. And when you look at week one, guys, you think about Sam Darnold having to play against the, uh, the Jets. Um, you think about the Jaguars with the first pick in the draft is Trevor Lawrence, the worst team in the league, a new coach, yet they're a road favorite against the Texans. Bears and Rams have played four times over the last four years. Every game has gone under. They play each other on Sunday night football. And how about the Broncos-Giants? Broncos are the favorite, but I think they're the favorite with a little bit of anticipation that maybe, just maybe, it's not Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. There's somebody else at quarterback there because I think the true number would show the Giants the favorite. So a lot of cool games on the schedule early on. You never know. It could be Mac Jones against Tua, two Alabama quarterbacks with Dolphins and Patriots. So a lot of a lot of kind of interesting and kind of cool quirks to the schedule week one. Yeah, the NFL definitely knows what they're doing when they're putting these schedules together. And obviously, the marquee game on the Thursday night, uh, you got Tampa and Dallas. And what's kind of strange about that is, we touched upon this yesterday, Chuck, that you've got really two teams, unless you're you know, a diehard Cowboys fan, you'll, you'll be very excited about that. But there's so many Brady haters, haters out there, and you've got a lot of Cowboy haters out there that either don't <laughs> like Jerry Jones and him and his money and Ezekiel Elliott's not a big fan favorite. That kind of has the feeling of like, wow, if you're really not a big Bucks fan or a big Cowboys fan, you're going like, eh, am I really interested in that game? It's the hater bowl. It kind of is. Oh, baby. <laughs> You're just betting that game over if you don't like any two, either of the two right, teams. Right, right, right. I mean, right. you're talking about America's team against the GOAT, and, you know, both those two offenses and the way they can score. My guess is, you know, from our side of the counter, you're going to see this total tick up. We'll be under fans for sure on the first game of the year, an isolated game, the defending Super Bowl champs against hopefully a Dallas Cowboy team that has Dak Prescott and all those weapons on offense. They spent eight of their draft picks on defensive guys. I think it's, you know, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, Stafford against the Bears, he's seen them. Jared Goff opens up against the 49ers. Packers, Saints, no Drew Brees, maybe no Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> You're right. Schedule makers knew exactly what they were yeah. doing, guys. Hey, Chuck, when it comes to, like, prop bets and that kind of stuff, because I know people love those kind of things, have you thought about putting anything up, like how many of the uh, rookie quarterbacks will be starting game one this season or something? And if you did do that, what do you think that total would be? We're working on all that stuff right now, Ballpark. We did put up, I think we chatted about last week, guys. Right away, I think the day after the draft, we put up um, uh, the Rookie of the Year, um, which has really got drawn some great interest so far. And now we're starting to look at the quarterbacks and what else we can put on the board, uh, not just for rookies, but just a bunch of different props uh, that we can kind of expand to our overall menu. But it is interesting to put up head-to-head, maybe Trey Lance against Justin Fields, Zach Wilson against uh, Trevor Lawrence, There's a lot of things, and all those young wide receivers uh, that have come into the league, too, that look to be impact-type players. So we're working on all that stuff now. I think in the next week or so, you will see an abundance of different football props on the board here uh, at Station Casinos. I don't know. I, I just feel like I, I have uh, the newspaper from the neck from you know that that uh, next that Sunday of the opener already. Can't you just see Zach Wilson going uh, against Sam Darnold in that game where Darnold has like a career game, four touchdown passes, probably three hundred sixty yards, has an almost perfect quarterback rating, and then Zach Wilson's going to struggle mightily. And here come all the Jet fans just wanting the head of that organization. Like what? What? you do look what you did i mean that game just has 
all of the makings of that type of uh, situation unfolding. So you've gone Marty McFly. You have the paper already I do. for the future. I do. I do. <laughs> I Absolutely. want that paper, boys. I want that paper. Yeah, I, um, could, I could see. But, what is that line, Chuck? Because you got uh, lines on openers for week one. Yep, it's, uh, you know, it's at four right now, and, uh, you know, I – it looks like it could be starting to creep up a little bit already, oh, even though we're, we're far it. away. But it, it's an intriguing matchup, guys. You know, I, I think a, a lot depends on these rookie quarterbacks and, and if they take the next step early, you know, in training camp and what they look like and when they actually will be behind center. But I do think, of course, in, in both Zach Wilson's case and Trevor Lawrence's case, uh, they will be starting day one. Not so sure about Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones just yet. But the big question is, we we know Trevor Lawrence is going to start, or most people think, who's starting at tight end for him? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Double T, boys. Double T. There you go. And I want to know what number he's going to wear, too. Now, since they kind of have opened up you know, the number situation, is he going to wear number 15? Boy, that'd be a weird-looking tight end, wouldn't it? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, no. but uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, it's uh, I mean, he, he can probably bring a lot of you know uh, different options to that offense, and um, I know he's played baseball the last few years, and um, it it just kind of makes watching those Jacksonville games even a little bit more fun now, knowing that uh, you know he's going to be part of it, and um, just anxious to see how they play as a whole. They were a young team last year. Uh, they've got a lot of draft assets, and you know they still will have some. In the coming years, you've got a new coach, a new quarterback, a, a new stud running back. Let's see how it plays out for the Jags this year. But, hey, they are a road favorite, as we touched on, week one um, at Houston, which I can't remember the last time a team that finished last had the first pick in the draft, new quarterback, new coach, was actually a road favorite week one, boys. That's true. That's true. So how about this prop bet, Chuck? Uh, Tim Tebow, will he make the roster or not in Jacksonville? Because there's a lot of people that think this is a charade. They don't think he's good enough. He's taken away a position for uh, a quality tight end. They don't think he's even going to make the team. I totally disagree. I think he does make the team. Uh, If you had to set that line, what would it be? I don't know what I would set it at, TC. I I just agree with you that I think – you know, Urban Meyer for his his first head coaching gig in, in the NFL and knowing that this is a team that finished uh, with the worst record in the league and had the number one pick, um, I think he has to feel that at least he's going to compete uh, for a job and have an opportunity to make the roster. I don't think it's a publicity stunt in any way. I think that, uh, you know, you look at Tebow's size and, and the way that he played the game both collegially and, and in the NFL, maybe he wasn't your franchise-type quarterback, um, but uh, he still had some moments where he, he can bring something to the game. So I think it's an opportunity for him to, to be competitive and potentially make the team. Um, I don't think it's a publicity stunt in any way. And when you mentioned him being competitive, I believe Urban Meyer said that Tim Tebow was without a doubt the most competitive person he's ever met. That's why he wants that kind of fire on the team and in the locker room if he can compete. I agree with you guys. If if he's not good enough to make the team, I don't think Urban Meyer's putting him on the team. And I think Tim Tebow would probably say, look, I don't want to cost this team. I think he would walk away. I think he's that high of an integrity guy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, guys. Totally agree. Tim Tebow, how many guys do you know of any athlete whatsoever that has their phone number out there and says, text me, that it has on his uh, Twitter feed? Says, go ahead and text me. Has his phone number out there? Uh, one. 
Yeah, only him, right? <laughs> that is crazy. All right, so I don't want to, you know, ruin the Chuck's parade because he said a couple occasions he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in Green Bay. He's going to be in Denver, and uh, so I said there's a possibility. I know, I know, I know. I, I say there's no possibility. I, I think and, it might be as much as I would love to see it too. I yeah. think it might be the Bears fan in Chuck that's right. leaning a little bit that right. way. I would love to see him just out of football, just retire, just go. Away. Wait, just I wouldn't mind. Leave. I wouldn't mind either. So here's what the NFL thinks about it. They have put the Packers in five primetime games. So they're definitely thinking that Aaron Rodgers is playing. And again, we talked about this yesterday. I know that they took a little pause. Uh, the director of NFL uh, broadcasting was saying, hey, when we were going over the schedule and looking at you know which games they're going to put in primetime, they did take a pause on draft day and the day after when all this, this story hit about, hmm, what should we do here? But then they said, you know, let's go forward here and let's – Let's say that Aaron Rodgers is going to be with Green Bay. We think he is. So they released it yesterday, Packers in five primetime games. And if he's not, then Blake Bortles' new nickname is the new primetime. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's a certain quarterback on Green Bay that loves to play in primetime. There you go. But but he wouldn't know anything because he hadn't seen the field yet. The only only field he he saw was in, uh, in, in Logan, Utah, right? Yeah, I mean, we we don't know what's going to happen with Rodgers. Yeah. It, it just appears that there's, you know, um, that there definitely is a strained relationship there, and there's been a lot of, you know, uh, usually where there's smoke, there's fire, and uh, we'll see. I mean, they've offered him a new deal. If if if, if that information is correct, uh, he seems to to you know have a severed relationship with the GM, and um, I don't know. I mean, if 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 he goes to the AFC guys, if if there is some truth to that, and and he was to get traded to Denver. I mean, you think about how the AFC and NFC landscape changes. In the AFC now, he's in the same conference with, um, with Josh Allen, with Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. In the same division with Patrick Mahomes. Um, the AFC becomes so much tougher. I think his best chance to win is in Green Bay because there's no Drew Brees. We know it's tough to repeat for Tom Brady and the Bucks. Prescott's coming back off an injury. We know Russell Wilson, you know, they still have some problems on that offensive line. I think you look at Green Bay and you can make a case that, you know, if they're not the favorite of Tampa is in the NFC, they are the next choice. Uh, We're in the AFC. I'm not even sure they wouldn't even be favored to win their division, even as as talented as some of those young players are being in the same division with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes. So, again, for me, his best chance is to win with Green Bay. Um, but if he was dealt to Denver, it really changes the landscape of both conferences, I think, pretty dramatically. Yeah, the balance of power definitely has shifted uh, to the AFC, and uh, that, is, that is different. All right, Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station, appreciate you as always. Thanks for spending some time with us uh, today. And, again, uh, the kiosks are available up there. Uh, Sunset Station, fantastic book. We'll be broadcasting live uh, tomorrow. We'll be following our good friend Brian Blessing. So, yeah, four hours of nonstop sports talk coming your way. So uh, plenty to do, plenty to talk about, and we appreciate you, my friend. Appreciate being out with you guys. Looking forward to having you here. Don't forget, again, all the listeners, get signed up for STN Mobile, up to a $100 bonus. And for a $50 deposit, we're giving away some brand-new, really cool STN sports caps. Mm, outstanding. All right, there you go. Ballpark, you're going to look good in one of those ha- uh, caps tomorrow. You can see it right now. You know, your flaming locks uh, hanging out of that hat there. You'll be looking good. My flaming locks? You got flaming locks, yeah. That's it. You know, that's a little wrestling right. term. Crazy!
Yeah. Have have a little bit of uh, a little bit of long hair. Yeah. It's starting to grow out again. Yeah. See, that's that's why I can't stand it. You and Chuck, you guys kept your hair. I don't know what happened to you guys. What happened to me? I mean, that's it. You kept your hair. Just total jealousy right now on my part. You know, you, you, you doing your Aaron Rodgers? You just crying about stuff? Yeah, there, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Appreciate Chuck Esposito at Sunset Station. Thanks, buddy. All right. Uh, when we come back, Sam Gordon is going to join us uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Sam covering the Raiders, the Aces, boxing as well a little mma uh, with our good friend heidi fang we'll dive into all that and more with uh, sam coming up next the tc martin show is back yes yes what are you doing it's just a half time yes this is my favorite part of the game tc martin yes in the face the doctor is now in in CBD needs. It's rvdcbd.com. That's what you got to do. The edibles. You like that? The tinctures. The creams. The gummies. What I forget, Frank? I, I don't know because you said gummies and edibles. It's both in that statement, and they're the same thing. So it's. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not really sure where you're going right <laughs> I, now. I'm just saying you go to rvdcbd.com. Twenty one percent. Think off. you've been sampling the rolling papers? <laughs> <laughs> Got those too. Exactly. Twenty one percent off. <laughs> TCRVD is your promo code. It's simple. TCRVD. Where at rvdcbd.com. Twenty one percent off anything on the website. For all your cannabis needs, it's fantastic. Well, for all your CBD needs and other stuff, it's, you know. Yeah. You, you can't just say cannabis you because, can't. no, because it scares some people away. CBD. It, it goes far beyond that. Yeah. There's a lot of medicinal reasons for it and legitimacy to it. Thank you, Professor. Well, all right. I'm, I'm just trying to do RVD a solid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because even he said he's still kind of fighting that. That true issuing that with some people out there. Right. It's not about that. It's not like you're doing something just to go get high. There's actual real reasons for it in medical terms. Well, like that. we said, it's the pain medication and everything that we that we've used. You right. Know, the but, then, but then when the you oils, emphasize it yeah. in it by saying it's the cannabis, then it's like all of a sudden people remember that and they, uh, you know, it's kind of like when you were a basketball coach. What's so yeah. the one thing you don't say? Don't call timeout because we're out of them. Yeah. What's the first thing someone's going to do, Chris Weber? Yeah. Timeout. Timeout. Okay. Technical game oh, over. Oh. Are these ham and eggers that, that that will call a timeout like uh, with less than uh, you know uh, uh, ten seconds to go in a quarter? That always drove me nuts too. I had, I had uh, my JV coach one time. Did he called a timeout with one second to go, like in the third quarter? Like like w- w- what are you doing? What, what are you doing? You, you're going to get a free one here that's going to last about two minutes here in, in one second. You're going to set up a play or something to to run something with at the end of the third quarter. I mean, I understand at the end of the game or into the half, but, you know, yeah, see? Did, gotta, you, gotta, did you fire him? Yeah, he lasted one season. <laughs> he lasted one season. <laughs> you you gave him a permanent timeout. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and that was, that was to our big rival as well, too. But, you know, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, here's a guy who knows a thing or two about coaching as well. He knows basketball. He knows it all. A little football. Uh, even a little pickleball, we understand as well, too. And he, knows that there is no timeout in boxing. This is true. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, or professional wrestling is the late Gorilla Monsoon would always I, I, say. I love that when you see a boxer or something like that trying to call yeah, a time. Right. Wait, you're, you're, you're kind of kicking my butt here. I need a time. No, the timeout is at the end of the round, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we've seen the referees do, go ahead and do that, you know. They'll spit the bit, mouthpiece goes out. Time! Need a T.O., baby! There you go. Wash it off, put it back in, let's go. Time in! Sam Gordon, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, Sam? How you doing, TC? Uh, we're, 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 I don't know. I'm all over the place. Can't you tell? Yeah, we're doing, doing wildly wonderful. How's that? Oh, I'm ready to be all over the place right there with you. All right. Let's do it. Let's start with the NFL schedule. What stood out to you, Sam? Uh, stood out to me, TC, is um, at least for the Raiders, uh, is the primetime games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the primetime matchups, the standalone games, all marquee. Uh, games against marquee opponents. And, and the one that really jumped out to me is Monday Night Football Week 1 Allegiant Stadium. And, and, and regarding that, I think, T.C., the national audience, there were games here, right? There were games on national TV that were at Allegiant Stadium. The Monday Night Game against the Saints. There was a Thursday Night Game here. Uh, there was a Sunday Night Football game that came down to the wire against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I don't think the national audience really got to experience what Las Vegas is going to be like as a football market. And frankly, how could they? Because Las Vegas needed to experience that. And I think by having a game like that, a standalone game on Monday Night Football against a primetime opponent like the Ravens, a team that I believe to be a Super Bowl contender with Lamar Jackson at the helm, now in year four, uh, we know what they can do. We know what they bring to the table, how prolific that offense is. It's, it's putting Las Vegas front and center in Monday Night Football, the biggest, you know, the biggest, the best, most entertaining TV show every week for a lot of people. You see what the ratings do. And it's, it's giving the city an opportunity, the opportunity we thought last year, to, what, that we thought we'd have last year, to showcase itself on a national stage. Um, and then, you know, you look at the other, the other big games on the schedule. Again, another marquee game against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. So, very, very strategic uh, in terms of how those games were, were, were structured. Also, um, regarding the Raiders' D.C., the, the, the stress at the end of the year, right, that also jumped out. We know this team has collapsed the last couple of years in December, uh, despite being a playoff contender. And you look at this December, trips to Arrowhead Stadium, uh, a trip to, to Indianapolis against a Colts team that has legitimate AFC championship Super Bowl aspirations, and then the trip to Cleveland, where it's going to be really, really cold and nasty in December. So uh, can the Raiders avoid that late-season swoon? Those are the two things I'm looking at. So it should be an interesting year. Uh, I think I mean, I think it's going to take 9-8 and eight or 10, at the very least 9-8, and eight to qualify for a playoff berth, probably more realistically 10-7. and seven. Uh, We'll see how that shakes out. But the schedule is really, really challenging, and it does the Raiders no favors, especially at the end of the year. Still, still seems weird. We're talking nine and eight and ten and seven using those, know, right? those numbers. Seventeen games. All right, Sam. Let's uh, let's play the game here that every fan loves to do here, right? To go through the schedule and let's figure out yep. as we sit here right now what the Raiders' record is going to be. All right, Frank. So let's uh, let's go. Week one. Raiders host Baltimore, the Monday Night Football game, Allegiant Stadium, the pomp, the circumstance, Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, they're coming to town here. All right, guys, we pencil it in. A win or a loss? Raiders, Ravens, Sam, start with you. I'm going Raiders. I think the energy at Allegiant Stadium is going to be electric and it's going to propel the Raiders some way, somehow, to a victory over Baltimore. If this game was in Baltimore, if it was even later in the season, I'm not sure I would pick uh, the Raiders, but because it's the, of, of how significant it is, I'm going Raiders 1-0. All right, 1-0. Frank? 
I think the Raiders are going to be really up for this game. The crowd's going to be absolutely rampant. I also think there might be some Ravens fans in the crowd because people trying to pay for their season tickets in game one of the season on those secondary markets. I think Baltimore's a veteran team. I think the Ravens win. You think the Ravens win? Okay. Um, you know, I, I am going to go with the Raiders here, believe it or not. We saw what they did opening uh, uh, night against uh, the Saints uh, last year. But this time, with fans in the stands, uh, and again, everyone is, is hyped up. They're, they're 0-0 when it comes opening night. So, I think, and again, still not the big Lamar Jackson fan here. But I think I'm going to go with you, Sam. I, I will say Raiders win that game. Week two, they travel to Pittsburgh. Uh, 10 a.m. game against the Steelers. Frank, what do you think? Uh, it's a road game. I think Pittsburgh's going to be up for it. I think they start out 0-2. All right. Uh, for Sam. I am with Frank there. Uh, Pittsburgh, big-time defense, and it's tough to play on the road. Uh, the Raiders have, have, have struggled on the road in the past. They were pretty good last year, but uh, Pittsburgh's playoff team was a big-time defense, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Big-time uh, defense will be healthy. We know Roethlisberger, if he can stand up straight in week number one, he should be healthy, should be able to pick apart that uh, secondary of the Raiders. I'm with you. I think Pittsburgh wins in week two. Week three, they come back and uh, have a rematch against uh, the Miami Dolphins. We saw what happened last year, that collapse against uh, the Dolphins. Week three to Legion. What do you got, Sam? I'd like the Raiders to, to win a close game there. Uh, still not sure about Tua uh, in that offense, if that offense is going to be good enough. I think that's magic was key, obviously, in that in that game. I like the Raiders going to 2-1, and one. although I do think very highly of Miami. Mm -hmm. I think Miami competes for a playoff berth again this year. I think the Raiders get their first win of the season in this game, and they will be 1-2 and two after beating the Dolphins. All right, I think a little revenge comes back here. Again, not a Tua fan at all. I think the Raiders do get a victory, and uh, believe it or not, yes, the Raiders could be 2-1 and one after uh, three weeks. So uh, we'll take uh, the Raiders in week three. Week four, they get to go to SoFi Stadium, take on the Chargers, and we know what's going to happen here, guys. This is going to be a, a, a night game here, 5-15. That's going to be, what, a Monday night football game. And uh, there are going to be just as many silver and black fans in this stadium than, uh, you know, blue and gold of the Chargers there. It's going to be like a, a home game. Sam, who do you got? I got the Chargers in the shootout. I got the Chargers in the shootout in what's going to be a really, really fun game. I like the improvements they made on their offensive line, and I love Justin Herbert, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. All right. Ballpark. Uh, I do like Herbert, and I think it's going to make it tough, but I think it is going to be disappointing to see how many Raider fans are there. I think the Raiders get an upset on the road here, and uh, I think they even up their schedule. Okay. Uh, this is a tough game for me, maybe even OT game. I'm going to lean towards the Chargers just because I do like Justin Herbert there. And, uh, again, I like what the Chargers got at running back as well, too. So I will, I will say that uh, the Chargers win in week number four at home, even though – it's not going to seem like a home game. Week five, the Bears come to town. Ballpark, I think we know where you're going on this one, right? No, I don't think you do know where I'm going on this one. Where are you I, going? I, I love the Bears. I, I hope they have a great season. I still don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for them. And because of those question marks and on the road, I think the Raiders win the game at Allegiant Stadium, although I hope I'm 100% wrong. Wow. Okay. Sam. I'm with Ballpark Frank. I think the Raiders get it done at home. Too many quarterback questions. 
Uh, I'm, I'm very high on Justin Fields, but is he going to be ready to, to lead a big road victory in week five uh, against what should be a, an improved Raiders team? I'm not so sure. And I definitely don't think Andy Dalton's coming in at least State to beat the Raiders. I got the Raiders at three and two through five. Yeah, so do I. Three and two as well, too. And kind of a soft part of the, the schedule here. I mean, you got Baltimore at home. Uh, again, you got to go to Pittsburgh, but, you know, some winnable games uh, here for the Raiders uh, the first five weeks. Number six, you could, week number six, you can say the same thing. Go to Denver, 125 kickoff on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Sam, what do you got, Broncos or Raiders? I got I got the uh, the Raiders in this one, unless, unless Denver trades for Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. I don't think Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater is beating the Raiders. Right. Yeah, I, I'm still not sold on how good Denver is going to be up there. I mean, maybe being at home they will get a win. But the Raiders are used to going to Denver. They know this team well. I think the Raiders uh, find a way to win this one as well, and got a nice start to their season. All right, I'm going to go with the home team. I think they are going. Uh, the Broncos have found ways to beat the Raiders the, the last couple seasons in Denver. Uh, this isn't one of these end of the season type of meaningless games. Uh, you know, we'll see what uh, what the Broncos bring to the table here, and see what you know how Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater develops. Who's the starter? But I'm going to I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go Broncos in this game in Week Six. Week 7, Philadelphia comes to town. Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. One of the few affordable tickets that you could get, uh, Sam Gordon, for for Allegiant Stadium. Who do you like, Philly or the Raiders in Week 7? I like the Raiders at home, TC. Uh, I, I, I too many questions for me about about the first year Philly head coach Nick Sirianni. Yep. Maybe maybe he's the best thing since since sliced bread, but I'm not sold yet. Maybe we'll have an idea then. But as far as right now, I like the Raiders moving to believe it or not five and two. Five and two. What do you got, Frank? Same uh, thing. I think Philly could possibly uh, give them a battle here, but I think the Raiders are probably the better team and at home. They should win the game. All right, week eight, the bye. Wait, wait, what was your pick in that one? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going with uh, the Raiders. I, I echo everything that Sam says. Don't have any faith in that coaching staff. I love Jalen Hurts. Um, but, yeah, I will say uh, I will say the Raiders win that game. All right, uh, so, yeah, I've got uh, four and four. You guys have got five and two. Wow. All right. How can you have four and four and we got five and two? Uh, because I don't know what I'm doing here. I guess that would be four and three. How's that? I can't add. Week nine, uh, they got to go to New York. Actually, New Jersey. Take on the Giants. 10 a.m. game. Here we go. West Coast travels to the East Coast for the early morning game. Frank, what do you got? What? What's the date? Uh, November 7th. You looking for some weather there? I'm looking for maybe a little bit of weather, and okay. I think that uh, they might struggle in that. I think the Giants are uh, going to look for to improve. They were pretty bad last year. I think the Giants win a home game. Giants win a home game. All right, there you go. Uh, Sam? I like the Giants at home. I think the Giants are going to be a, a contender in that NFC East and like what they did in the offseason. I think they'll be a little better. Not a true contender in the NFC but, but good enough to beat the Raiders at, at home in the Meadowlands. I agree with you. It's a clean sweep. I think the Giants get the job done. We'll see you know, what the quarterback situation like is like there for the Giants. But, yeah, I, I, I'm good with that. Week number 10, here we go. The marquee game of the year. The Kansas City Chiefs come to town on November 14th, 520 game, Sunday night football. What do you got there, Sam? I think the Raiders. I think the Chiefs get it done this time. TC, actually, I was going to say Raiders for a second. I meant to say Chiefs. Yep. Patrick Mahomes and that offense, I think, are just going to be a little bit too good on that Sunday night, just like they were last year in November. Same, same circumstances, same kind of game. Uh, much better atmosphere though, with sixty-five thousand strong. All right, Frank. 
I thought it was really interesting how well the Chiefs and uh, the Raiders played the Chiefs last yep. year. But I think the Chiefs had a chip on their shoulder. They didn't get it done in the Super Bowl. I think they're looking to uh, rebuild a little bit. I don't think they're going to look past the Raiders whatsoever. Uh, I think they want to make a statement win on the road in the Raiders' new stadium with fans in the stands. Totally agree. And there will be some Chiefs fans in the stands as well, too. And again, yeah, they're not going to take the Raiders lightly. Week 11, a home game against the Bungles. What do you think, Sam? Raiders at home, uh, like Joe Burrow, like a lot of components on that Cincinnati offense, their offensive line is not one of those components. I think the Raiders get it done in another what could be another high-scoring game, but a, def- a key defensive player, too, down the stretch makes a difference. All right. If the Raiders want to even look like contenders whatsoever, this is the game they need to win. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they get the job done against uh, the Bengals. Joe Burrow, we still don't know what he's going to be like uh, you know, in a full NFL season. I hope he's ready to go because he yeah. was a pro- had a promising year last year before that mm-hmm. devastating injury. You got it. All right, uh, week 12, Thanksgiving Day, guys, 1.30. Get the uh, turducken ready. Raiders at the Cowboys. What do you got, Frank? Uh, Raiders at the Cowboys. I'm still not sold on the Cowboys and how good they are or whatever, um, but it's at the Cowboys, and it is yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I think the Cowboys find a way to win because, they, you know, they, they don't want to send their fans Man. home from Jerry World we've, and have a horrible Thanksgiving dinner. We, we've seen it before, though. You know, we have where, seen it before. You know, where they, they don't perform well. We saw that when the Dolphins blasted, what, two years ago, yeah. right? I mean, I have a stronger opinion in this yeah. game when I see the first – 10 or 11 games of the season, but right, right now I, I just think, the, I think right. the Cowboys find a way to win. Sam? I like the Raiders on the road. Uh, they call the big D down in Dallas. That D there certainly doesn't stand for defense. Don't know <laughs> if they did enough to improve that defense. Uh, and the Raiders, I do think, have a prolific enough offense to go in there and win. I got the Raiders. The Washington football team comes to Allegiant Stadium Week 13. What do you got, Frank? Uh, the Washington football team needs a name before I'm going to believe in them, <laughs> right. so... Uh, I'm going to go with the Raiders. <laughs> All right, Sam? I got I got the, the Washington football team on the road in this one. I think that's going to be a, a, one of the best defensive teams in the league. And with Fitzmagic at quarterback, he's already done it at Allegiant Stadium once. Why not come in and do it again? All right. All right, here we go. What uh, about yours? Yours? Me? Oh, me? Uh, I am, I'm going Raiders. Yeah, I'm going Raiders. Uh, again, quarterback situation. <laughs> again, Fitzmagic, will he be the guy? Will he not be the guy? No, nah, I don't know. I, I'm going to say Raiders win this game at home. Uh, Kansas City at Kansas City in week number 14. Sam? Not happening. Yep. Kansas City, behold, serve. Yep. Chiefs. Chiefs all the way. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Clean sweep all the way around the board there. Got to believe in the Chiefs. I'm with you guys. All right, uh, week 15 at Cleveland. You want some weather? Uh, This game is going to either be the 18th or the 19th of December. Uh, What do you got, Sam, at Cleveland? A little too much ground and pound in Cleveland. I think they did even for what the Raiders did to them last year. Those are inclement conditions. Probably a primetime night game. I got Cleveland. I'm with you on that one. I agree with you, Sam. I'm taking the Brownies uh, in, in the dog pound. Frank? I think Cleveland misses a field goal to lose the game, and uh, the Raiders find a way to win. The Raiders find a way to win, he says. Wow, okay. All right, that brings us to week 16 at home against the Broncos. Sam? Uh, Raiders, hold, Raiders hold serve at home against Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. Until they get that quarterback situation straightened out, I think the Raiders get it done. Okay. Frank? I think they probably beat Denver in this one. Probably beat Denver. I'm going to say uh, I got Denver. Going, winning that game in Denver. I say a little revenge game for the Raiders. I think the Raiders get the job done at Allegiant Stadium. Week 17 at 
Indianapolis, January 2nd. Frank, what do you got? Uh, Indy. At Indy? Sam? I got Indy. Uh, offensive line too good, offense too complete. I think Carson Wentz has a bounce back year. Okay, I'm going to join you guys, and I will uh, agree with you. I think Indy wins the game. Not a big Carson Wentz guy, but maybe they'll have somebody else, hopefully a quarterback. <laughs> but I'll take Indianapolis uh, to win at home. And finally, they host the Chargers. Raiders host the Chargers week 18. Sam, close it out. I got the Raiders at home in that one. In that finale, I think they, they, they close the season with a win, and I believe that puts me at 9-8. and eight. Yes. Not sure if that makes the playoffs, but I think it's going to be right there on the fringe. Who do you got in the finale, Frank? Chargers or the Raiders? I think the Raiders are on the cusp of making the playoffs at this here uh, in, in this game, but we know how they've collapsed in the past. I think the Chargers rip their heart out and beat them in the final game. And see, I'm with you. I think the same thing, just like we've seen before. Raiders can't uh, close the show you know, at the end. I'm with you. I'll take the Chargers. All right, so that puts Sam at 9-8. and eight. Uh, Frank, you're coming in at, is this right? Frank's coming in at, uh, 10 and seven Raiders. I thought I was nine and eight. And you could be nine and eight. Yeah, you're right. You're nine and eight, nine and eight. And I'm seven and 10. I got the Raiders at seven and 10. Uh, another, another disappointing season for the Raiders. So there you go. All right, guys, we'll, uh, we'll see how this thing, uh, plays out. Bottom, bottom line is I will not be betting the Raiders' season total regardless of what because I don't know. There it is. I know. <laughs> All right, brother. Real quick, Sam, we got opening weekend. You're back on the beat covering the Aces. Aces on the road against the Seattle Storm, my friend. Uh, glad to have you back. Yeah, yeah. Definitely excited for the game. Excited to be back on the beat. Uh, I think one of the most interesting things, TC, and, and you can touch on, you know, as I'm sure you know and as I'm sure you've discussed, uh, new team. Like, it's pretty much a new team. You know, going through the roster – um, of the players that are playing on this year's team, only Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, and Emma Cannon actually got minutes in the WNBA Finals. So it's it's it was only seven eight months ago that those two teams met, you know, the Aces and the Storm. But it's it's going to have I think a completely different feel to it. And and you saw the preseason general managers poll came out today. The Aces are uh, picked by by fifty eight percent of the league GMs to to win the WNBA title. I'm right there with them. I think this is the best um, and most complete team in the league, even without. Uh, Angel McCautry, who who is going to miss the year um, with an ACL injury, devastating, devastating uh, news on that front, especially considering that she missed the 2019 um, season with the, with the same injury on the other leg. But uh, I, I think the Aces are too deep um, and and too 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 much firepower at the top. Really like the addition from Chelsea Gray. I think she's going to unlock a lot in pick and roll situations and, and give them flexibility in the, in the kinds of lineups they want to play. Liz Cambage uh, seems to be uh, in, in great um, great condition and ready to dominate um, down by the basket. And then having Kelsey Plumback and her shooting and then Raquana Williams as well. So I think they're going to be versatile. They're going to be deep. They're going to be able to play a bunch of different styles. And it's going to take time, I think, right? With, with the new roster, I think it's going to take time. They're going to have to get reps throughout the course of the regular season. And it might be some growing pains. It might be some bumps early. And there might be some bumps Saturday and Tuesday when they play again. But I think by the end of the year, they're going to have those kinks worked out. And if they do, uh, it's going to be an explosive, explosive offensive team that I think can be very good defensively uh, as well, playing a team-oriented style of defense. Six newcomers on this team right now. Uh, and, again, Bill Lambeer not real confident at this point in time right now, not happy about going up to Seattle to play two games on the road against the defending champ. And, uh, yeah, they, they 
it's going to take a, a little while for them to get on track, and we've seen that in the past couple of years where they're slow starters. So, and and he doesn't want to hear that media expectations to win the championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Sam. We appreciate you, brother. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, and and thanks for uh, for playing along with us, my friend. And uh, we'll we'll get you back on. We'll talk some more aces, some boxing, and some Raiders as well, too. No doubt, guys. Take care. Great. Have a great weekend. You too, brother. All right, Sam Gordon, Las Vegas Review Journal. Great. Uh, follow on Twitter as well, too, at by Sam Gordon, and check out all his stuff at the RJ. All right, I want to thank Sam for joining us, Chuck Esposito, Big Bill Cartwright as well. Tomorrow we're at Sunset Station. Come on by, say hello. If you miss any part of the show, you know where to go. Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Ballpark, we'll catch you manana. I'm going to be watching some hockey tonight. Final score? Uh, Touchdown? 6-1. 6-1, there you go. That's with the extra point or without? Well, it's... It's six within, I guess, what, what the, the missed extra point in the well, CFL for well, the for the Kings? Well, a rouge? There a rouge. Go. All right. We'll see you tomorrow.